Welcome back, everyone, to the frustrated fans. We're venting frustrations. One bad Christmas movie starring a wrestler at a time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Pete. And today, our episode is Ho Ho Hogan Doesn't Know Best as we refu- as we watched Santa with Muscles. Yeah. We went from one bad wrestler to another. So, yeah. Well, so we need to just do this first disclaimer. No, we do not condone in any way Hogan's terrible opinions. That Nor do we condone his movie career. Indeed. Which, after his, after his statements, uh, I don't think he'll have a movie career. No. He's been, he's been more or less person non grata by the WWE. Yep, he's been... He's actually, I believe, the first person to be removed from the Hall of Fame. Uh, They do not mention him. The only reason why you can still search him and find him on the network is because they're not going to take the time to remove him from everything because, dear God, that's too much to remove him from. Yeah. So, yeah. Hogan is, uh, he's, he's also in a, uh, exclusive club. He's one of only three people that have been denounced by the WWE. And the other two did way worse things than Hulk Hogan did, so wonderful. Well, one of them allegedly. We should also point um, out this, some, some of this more movie's interesting quirks. And, <laughs> yeah, we, we can comment all day on the whole wrestlers equal actors thing. And yeah. to a certain degree, they are. They have to act for the WWE specials. Yeah. But uh, that does not end... make them a good movie actor. No, it was like wrestling personalities to us are like more over the top in nature. I mean, see what Ultimate Warrior did. I mean, Hulk Hogan had plenty of psychotic promos and stuff. You know, his whole thing was like shouting and yelling and being over the top and like, look, let me tell you something, brother, and all that stuff. And where the Slim Jim guy actually made that into a good commercial. Randy Savage. Thank you. Yep. Well, oh God, he had... He had wacky ones, too. He had one, you you might need to see this, where uh, he's talking about, you know the term cream of the crop? Well, he did a whole bit talking to an interviewer, and he goes, yeah, I'm the cream, yeah, the cream of the crop. And he pulls out this little piece of coffee creamer, like this little cup, and puts it on top of his own head. He goes, I'm the cream of the crop of the World Wrestling Federation, oh yeah. And he pulls out another one, and he keeps pulling out coffee creamers. So, yeah, it, that doesn't always really translate well to uh, movies, though. And if they do, it's usually because they're playing a similar character, like Randy Savage's Bone Saw in the first Spider-Man movie. <laughs> is really... Yeah, I'll, I'd rather I'm more was paying attention to Bruce Campbell, so. <laughs> <laughs> But we're getting. Yeah, when off I topic. saw that movie, I didn't know who Bruce Campbell was. So we're getting off topic. Yeah. So yeah. this movie, Sand with Muscles, it has one of the shortest uh, reigns in American movie theaters. Uh, it was pulled two weeks. two weeks after it was initially released. It only made a combined worldwide gross of around, let's be generous and say, two hundred thousand dollars. And uh, what's interesting is the release date of this movie. What was it? It's 1996. Late what? 1996. December 15th. So, yeah. 
Yeah, November 8th, 1986 was when this got released, which Hogan was not all that popular at this point. Like, his yeah. whole big heyday was in the 80s and early 90s. Was he in the, the Three Ninjas yet at that point? Uh, I believe that actually came out the same year as this. No, two years later. Oh, two years later. Oh, God, even worse. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, at, at this at this point, it, it's just kind of interesting because in – Early when they filmed this, Hogan was. This was filmed in early '96. Hogan was not that popular anymore. He'd come out doing his still like all the shtick and everything, and would get actively booed. Wait a minute, Garrett Morris was in this, like the original Saturday Night Live cast. Garrett, what are you doing? He played the uh, the janitor guy. Yeah. The wise old dude. Dude, this is beneath you. <laughs> I don't usually oh, say that, but... He was an Ant-Man. And Clint... There's a, the, this movie is below a lot of the people that were in it. Clint Not Howard. Both. What are you yeah, doing? I know, right? He's a good actor. He's actually puts out one of the best performances in the whole movie, which that's not saying much, but still. Yeah. Yeah. So the plot of this movie is Hulk Hogan plays a millionaire who sells, like, muscle-growing stuff because he's Hulk Hogan. Make a note, Chaz. My picture on the can isn't big enough. And have him make me more tan. And he ends up going to, like, a paintball shooting competition, which, by the way, the Wikipedia summary for this is busted. (laughs) Effectively, this movie, yeah, this movie starts with... Aside from the little girl's narration, which we'll ignore, um, mm-hmm. it actually starts with basically Hogan's entire mansion staff attacking him like Cato in the freaking Pink Panther movies. See, yeah. anyone over the age of about our age or older, I'm I'm sure you got to chuckle out of that. Anyone who's listening to this that's younger than that, way over your head. I, I was watching and be like, what the hell is going on? So, um, yeah, basically then, he goes on the run from the police because he's a psychopath and, he and police cars with paintball guns. Yep. Because he's nuts and, uh, ends up during his escape, changes into a Santa Claus outfit and then bangs his head. And of course he gets amnesia. You'd think that a uh, big wig hair piece that he was wearing throughout this whole thing would have protected him better. So, yeah, we, uh, and for the record, amnesia does not work this way. <laughs> Dude, a lot of stuff in this movie doesn't work this way. Taking a massive blow to the head to the point of brain damage does not cause amnesia. It causes brain damage. The kind <laughs> of thing depicted in movies and TV is extremely rare, and only happens rarely with a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of, moreover, using the amnesia as a plot device to do the whole jerkass learns to be a nice guy thing, Kind of falls apart because as soon as he gets his memory back, I mean, he's, he's not, he, yeah, he, I don't know. I, it is weird. The the plot, honestly, the of the many weird plot points in this movie, I think that's one of like the lowest on the what the hell scale. They have magical crystals in this movie. We'll get to that. Yeah. 
Um, so he bangs his head. He gets he be, starts becoming a good guy because he thinks he's Santa. Like is literally a, the literal Santa. Yep. And when and at one point I think he says like I got to go back to the North Pole. And uh, yeah, so he then goes off to help an orphanage because it's the right thing to do. Or he says like I felt I was needed here. Um, crap like that. Yeah, and but that that doesn't get into our villain, which I'll get to in a bit. Um, yeah. The other thing about interesting about this movie now, if IMDb is to be trusted, the original script author sued to have his name removed from the movie because they changed either changed too much or he was that dissatisfied. Smart man. Yeah. Smart, smart man. Yeah, this <laughs> apparently the people that actually do still have writing credits on it, they haven't done anything else ever. So maybe they're fake names that actually got You know what? I, I have a feeling the writers for this movie used fake names anyway. One of the guys' names is Jonathan Bond. <sighs> I don't know. Oh um, my god. What? Okay, I just looked up Jonathan Bond. He has one writing credit, which is this movie, and he has four acting credits, one of which is in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Tim Miller. Right. And he, yeah. So uh, I'm curious about these other two people. Fred Matta, who has been in the casting department for other things. He was an actor. Yep, he hasn't done any other writing. And this other, this last one, Dory Crum Raymond has only written for this movie, has done absolutely nothing else in their very short career. So, yeah. A very illustrious career. Yep. Yeah, and, th this was this movie was basically like career poison for many people. Well, not everyone, but still. Yeah. We have for the um, people with talent it wasn't. Yeah, like the lady who took over Savick in Star Wars, Star Trek. Robin yeah. Curtis. Yep. I feel sorry for her. I, I, I do, too. Honey, what, what were you thinking? Yeah. I, I have to say, it's an inter there is an odd coincidence in this movie, though. Um, this is Mila Kunis is in this movie. She's really, really young. She and Don Stark went on to be in that 70s show. I guarantee you I this isn't on her resume, though. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. And she doesn't. Well, she doesn't exactly have like a big part in it. Actually, none of the kids really had that big of a part in this movie, did they? Yeah. Like they were just sort of there as window dressing. Well, I mean, orphanage has got to have orphans, despite that no modern orphanages truly exist with the modern foster system. <laughs> also, it's like the most understaffed orphanages of all time. It's got three kids. That they've only got three kids in it. It's got one woman and the janitor guy. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> yep. And uh, we'll we'll move on to this movie's interesting uh, love of scientists after a quick break. If we are bonded together with no one in our way, as I strap that flesh, as your flesh bubbles and burns over your whole body, you will understand, my man, what the yappa pie mean. So... This movie's got a weird um, preoccupation, we'll say. 
This is a fetish film. With man. Yeah. Man, Why am I feeling this movie was two different scripts that just happened to get merged together? Oh, that happens. Um, let me put it this way. Our main bad guy is a Mr. Frost who has found this big business slash mad business owner slash mad scientist who's buy, forcibly buying up everything in town so he can ultimately dig underneath it for the crystals, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Instead of like a normal businessman who would enter into contracts with the town and just pay people a, a percentage for the crystals worth. Well, honestly, if your name is Mr. Frost, are you really going to be going into legitimate business? Yeah. So he no. is a cadre of mad scientist villains, and I need to go over these individually because they are just... It's either someone's fetish fuel, or it's like someone who has who is never a child thinking what children would see as a a, uh, a villain. There's enough fetish fuel in this movie for everybody. Mm-hmm. So we have effectively what I'm calling the star screen. Because <laughs> honestly, I was reminded of this. He doesn't isn't looking to really take over Frost's operation, but it wouldn't surprise me. Is Dr. Blight, who thinks himself a ladies' man and uses some sort of classroom ruler as his primary weapon, or doctor's tools. He's a medical doctor, by all accounts, and advises Mr. Frost a germaphobe on things. He's the leader of the guy. He's actually been in a lot of stuff, too. And he has probably the worst, worst punny joke in the entire movie. Which one was that? Santa, you slay me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. People paid money to put this movie into production. Yep. So next we have the dominatrix, Miss Watt. Yeah, guys, they're all punny names. And she's got (laughs) gloves to shock people with. What are you talking about? I didn't notice any. She's got gloves she shocks people with. I'm sorry, I see this character, and I see whoever made the edits to... To the script has some serious issues. <laughs> no, they don't have issues. They have volumes. So and next we have the guy who's really way too obsessed with power tools, the geologist, Mr. Flint. Dun 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 Who really Mr. isn't a thing until the very end of the movie when he gets to break into the vault with an oh yeah line that is probably in, t- in tune with his pants. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and last day, the guy obsessed with fart gas, Mr. Vile. Whether uh, it's V-I-A-L or V-I-L-E, I don't care, but I don't think anyone does. No. I don't even know how to describe this guy. He All gets, I remember is that near the end of the movie, he was laughing like a chipmunk. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he clearly gets off on other people having to smell methane and other stink gas. That dish... And Hogan's method of defeating him is to jam his own stink gas tank into the self-contained suit, rack duct tape around the head of a suit, forcibly only methane stink gas into it. I'm pretty sure he just killed a man. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that, too, where also you see his suit start to inflate and stuff. I'm like, is this guy going to die like and explode all over the place? Well, given how long Dr. Blight is in the walk-in freezer at the end of the movie, he should be dead, oh. too. Yeah, Hogan. Uh, Hogan likes trying to kill people in his family movies. Well, actually, so 
what you're saying about Dr. Blight is that he was frozen today. Yes! I literally just thought of that. <laughs> I have uh, caused peak to face palm. Yes. <laughs> so and then um there are other henchmen on Dr. Frost's stately estate. Who Stately uh, Estate? <laughs> shut up. Stately Frost Manor. It's protected by Roman bands of people in lab coats, carrying science gears and spotting off formulas. I'm not making this up. Yep. So was the average security guard or just Bruiser Henchman model just too subtle for this movie? I mean, yes. what is this movie trying to say? That all they, they scientists a, are evil? They had a sumo lab assistant. Yes, I noticed. That and, was actually played by another wrestler. And to be fair, yes. they, they do mention like all of these guys are like college dropouts or something, but still. Hmm. What's going on here? Some people drop out of college and found one of the most successful computer companies of all time, and some people become evil science henchmen. I don't know. So this also has – I think my favorite part was the super coincidence moment at the very end of the movie. So Hogan's whole part in this is he thinks he's Santa, and so he goes to protect the orphanage, and he fights off – the scientist people, which I love how this movie's called Santa with muscles, but you almost never see Hogan without like a long sleeve shirt or like robe or something on. So you can't see his chest anymore. Yeah, you can't see his arms very often. This is 1996 Hogan after uh, he stopped. Well, you know, so he's still buff, but he is nowhere near as jacked and giant as he was in the late 80s and early 90s. He was also, I believe, in his 40s at this point. (laughs) Yeah, there's that too. So Hogan ends up fighting against Mr. Frost, and I feel like I'm describing a Batman movie or something. And near the very end, he remembers who he is, and uh, before he can continue fighting evil, the wise old janitor goes, you really don't remember, do you? And he's like, remember what? And he goes, well, you used to go to this orphanage. He just happens to have a picture of Hogan as a child when he was at the orphanage. And he goes, not only you, but look who's with you. It's Mr. Frost. How convenient. Well, that's and convenient. Both of you grew up at this orphanage, and you were friends, and you just happened to run into each other now, and I just happen to have this picture that has both of you and me in it. Wow, is that wow. Sled and Rosebud? Wow. Uh, God, just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that along with the fact that Hogan just happens to go to the same orphanage that uh, Mr. Frost is trying to destroy because he somehow found that there are magic crystals underneath the orphanage. And no, I am not making this up. Now, to be fair, said, uh, how did they describe it? What's the moniker for crystals? How did that, I don't know if it matters. Point is, (laughs) said crystals that contain some bit of natural electricity do actually exist in nature. But A, they are not explosive. And B, they're not that valuable. (laughs) Like, they never really said... You know what? 
this is Batman. This is Batman and Robin. This is like in Batman and Robin when Mr. Freeze was getting the crystals to power his giant freeze gun. Or diamonds. Whatever. This is Batman and Robin before Batman and Robin. Yeah, it is before Batman and Robin happened. Except Arnold Schwarzenegger is a better actor than Hulk Hogan is. Yeah. By far. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so what did you call this? Super Coincidence Theater? Yes, I did. I mean, M. Night Shyamalan wishes he added to us this good. Yeah, pretty much. God, if this movie was made today, that would have been done on purpose, and at the very end of all that crazy stuff, you just would have seen M. Night Shyamalan's head pop and go, what a twist! Yeah. God. Yeah, and so at the very end, he and Frost have a kind of like a lightsaber fight with it's two a lightsaber of the, fight. Yeah. Yeah, with two very two of the longer crystals and then uh they break the crystals and they start sparking and they go, "No, we got to get out of here." And they all run out and the entire orphanage gets destroyed. So, Hogan failed. Well, not really cuz he gives up his mansion as the new orphanage. No, he doesn't. That's not his. That's Frost's mansion. Was that they the implication? Yeah, oh. they take over Frost's mansion and turn it into an orphanage. Because, you know, that's legal. Oh, yeah, and property doesn't, trans doesn't of course, goes automatically to the victims when crime is committed. Yeah, exactly. And it just happens to overlook the prison that Frost and all his henchmen go to also. God, this movie is just, really is super coincidences, the movie. Mm. They should just call it coincidences with muscles. <laughs> I, I, I guess the implication it takes place in Southern California or something, but for a Christmas movie, there's no, like, Christmas things. Do you notice this? This is true. There's no snow. There's, yeah, there's no Christmas trees. There's no real sense that this is a Christmas movie other than the fact that Hogan is playing a character that thinks he's Santa Claus. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we'll move on to the next part of this uh, train wreck right after a quick break. What you gonna do when Hulk Hogan buries you right here in Texas? Ha ha ha! And so this movie, I think the other alternate title of it should have been Acting? What's that? And it's not like people in this. some of the people in this movie aren't unqualified actors. Even the yep. kids have gone on to actually be done, have decent careers of their own. Yeah. So. But so, yeah, like, it's like Hogan is this like black hole of acting. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, Hogan's whole personality in wrestling, like I said, was, you know, like the yelling and over-the-top whack job and stuff, you know. I mean, at one point, he literally shouts, what you gonna do when Hulk Hogan backstrokes on you? And then does, like, the backstroke motion, walks backwards off the screen. I mean... So the Ultimate Warrior is saner than him. Yes. He had had some of the weirdest stuff. He, He had one where he literally goes, what you gonna do when Hulk Hogan buries her right here in Texas, brother? Yah, yah, yah! And yes, he does the weird 1930s villain laugh. Like, what? Like, you, you know he just did a little 
right before he went out there. So Hogan was best in, in any time in wrestling when he's just over the top crazy, even especially like when he played a villain and stuff too. No, in this movie, you're not going to do the Three Ninjas movie with him in it anytime soon. No, 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 no. <laughs> Honestly, I think the most entertaining part of Hogan in this entire movie is his hairpiece. Probably the best, better actor. <laughs> yeah, it is. It makes it look like he actually has a full head of hair, or almost. Because at this point, if you ever see, if you ever saw him, because he usually would just come out with like the do rag on. Because with the do rag, mm-hmm. it makes him actually look like ten years younger than he actually was. The minute the do rag fell off, you noticed that his, the top of his head was completely bald, and all of a sudden he looked old. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the kids that in this movie they're not very good, but it, you know, again, child actors, they're dime a dozen and. We've seen far, far worse. Jingle all the way too. <laughs> yeah. So you've got Ed Bagley Jr. who plays Frost, and he's a good actor. And he actually, this is actually one of the roles he plays well and stuff. He was even in Star Trek Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy who plays Blight, aka you know Ruler Dude. Uh, I, I think he actually had some fun with this part. Like there were some oh. moments. Oh, I had no doubt of that. He kind of, yeah, he was just kind of just going. You know what? I'm going to goof around in this role, and you know, I, he was decently entertaining. And then there was Clint Howard, who is a very good actor, and he's actually very good in the role that he's put in this movie, where he plays kind of like the quirky comedy guy. Mm-hmm. You know, comic relief character. And he's fun to watch. So, honestly, he kind of was one of the best parts of this movie. And he was he was also in some Star Trek roles. We're finding a lot of stuff with people that used to be in Star Trek. Weird. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Overall, this is a bad movie. Oh, God, yes. And it's not even doesn't even fall into the so good it's bad because... Or so bad it's good. Yeah, that. Sorry. Um, Like, Firepower was enjoyable because it it knew it was being just one combined trofest, and it ran with it. Yes. And they also knew how to use Warrior better than this movie knew how to use Hogan, where it used Warrior as, he's the big jacked-up dude that beats the crap out of people. There we go. This one is just, it's mainly just boring like it's just not interesting it's just it's one of the it's not one of those like rage inducing bad it's just the well that sucked bad and i i mean i haven't really seen any of hogan's movies i know i've seen clips from his movies like i've seen clips out of the movie no holds barred which was actually put out by wwe back in the 80s to try to jumpstart hogan's career which has a famous scene in it where Hogan is tweaked out of his mind, and yes, that clip will be here, um, will be used. It's famous or infamous. <laughs> What's that smell? I've never seen Suburban Commando outside of the clips from the Nostalgia Critic review. And honestly, Hogan is like the least memorable part of that entire movie anyway. Mm-hmm. 
Christopher Lloyd being the standout. I was frozen today. I actually did that to someone once. I like we were. I can't even remember what it was about, but we were like half arguing, and I just all of a sudden went, "I was frozen today," and it's like the most bewildered look you've ever seen. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I honestly, I've only seen Hogan in his wrestling in his wrestling persona, and like I said, in that he's ridiculous, over the top, and yeah. when he punches people in this, it's pretty much what his wrestling role was, and he's not a good actor in the sense of he can actually pull off range of emotion. No, he can. No, not at all. I don't you know, think there's a single. The only wrestler who comes close is uh, Dwayne Johnson. So. Yeah. And he's yeah. probably the only good wrestler to turn actor. Yeah, he's the only one who has actually hit a successful movie career. And while Hogan always touted touts himself as like the greatest wrestler of all time, the biggest wrestler of all time, he has easily admitted he's like, Yeah, Rock is better than me in terms of Hollywood. Yeah, no, he completely taught me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not the worst movie I've seen. This is not as bad as Jingle All the Way Two, uh, but no. no, it's not good. No, that was and, that 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 was bad. That was its own special brand of bad. Yeah. Which, by the way, WWE Studios put out another Christmas movie this year. Was it a Flintstones one again? No, it's not another Flintstones one. And this one's live action. And as I saw the preview for it, it looks terrible. And I'm like, another Marine. Huh? Another Marine? No, no, no. It's an actual Christmas movie. <laughs> Let me... I, I need to find the name of it. Um, the Chris, Christmas movies. Where is it? Fudge, I can't remember the name for it. Well, but why don't you do that? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not... Santa's Little Helper. That's what it's called. Do I want even want to know? Here's the summary. This is straight off WWE's website. After getting fired, after getting fired from his job, a slick facts talking businessman is given an opportunity of a lifetime to become Santa Claus's second in command. However, getting the job won't be easy. Dax, that's the video, that's the guy. And no, it's not Dax from Star Trek. Dax must go head to head against an elf that feels she's more deserving of the title. As the competition heats up. Dax learns the true meaning of Christmas, but ultimately, who will become Santa's little helper? This stars uh, two wrestlers, actually. Uh, the Miz and Paige. What? Yep. So. Oh, oh, God. Oh, come yep. my God. Not only is Dwayne... I looked up Dwayne Johnson while you were doing that. Uh-huh. Um, he is... Well, I mean... He actually has a role in a comic book movie as a villain coming up as Black Adam in the Captain oh, Marvel yeah, I movie. Saw that. He is in the Baywatch movie. <laughs> and rumored to be the new Jack Burton for Big Trouble in Little China remake. Oh, wow. And to oh. Journey to the Center of the Earth sequels. Wow. And Furious 8. <laughs> yep. Wow. Um, yes, he's still the best wrestler actor, but he's still... Yeah, Baywatch. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's not like he's been in, like, you know, the greatest movies of all time or anything, 
you know, but he's been in movies that played to his isn't strengths. The greatest in a movie lo- of all time, huh? Doom isn't the greatest movie of all time. I've never seen it. Um, it's it's bad, but it's a fun bad. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, like he is in more like you know just straight up popcorn action flicks and stuff like that. He's not, you know, but it plays to his strength. I just find it hilarious that um, another wrestler turned actor, Batista, who is Drax the Destroyer. The one the, that one movie I think like got higher ratings and made more money than almost all of Rock's movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's and he's going to be in um, Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yep, and all the future ones. So they picked it. He got a good he got a good pick on that one. Um, but yeah, so they're still they're still doing stuff. I mean, they're yeah, still trying um, to put actors in, or wrestlers in movies. Yeah, Dave Bautista was the recent um, Spectre in the new Bond. Mm, mm-hmm. Which was actually pretty good. So. Yep. So, so, anyway. So next time. What do you want to do next time? Well, it, or it, rather, it, 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 tis the season. And we're, we should we should we haven't done direct video hell in a while. Yeah, and what you found <laughs> qualifies. Oh my God! So we were like. I've done directed video hell in a while. We haven't done Power Rangers in a while. And we wanted our friend Rob back on. Yep, we're we haven't had Rob on in a while. And it's Christmas. Oh shit. There's a Power Rangers directed video Christmas movie that's absolutely atrocious. <laughs> Let's review it. Next I think time we're going folks, to regret it. Oh, next time folks, Alpha's Magical Christmas. Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. Hey, listeners. Love the show? Love listening to us goof around and have fun? Well, check us out at frustratedpodcast.com. We're in iTunes as the Frustrated Fans. So give us a listen. Give us a review. Give us a subscription. And let us know how we're doing. Check out the forums. Take care, everyone. What in the world are you thinking? Me, Gene, the first thing you need to do is to tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I got to say.